Let me invite you to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Husbands, how are you doing this week? (laughs) Are you exhausted? Are you tired? Are you beaten, broken down? Listen, my, my prayer for you, I pray that you were spurned on last week by God's word, that he is opening your eyes. If there are ways that you are miserably failing, that he would give you the grace to see it. When God brings conviction... Brothers and sisters, that's actually a gift from God. And so if he's brought conviction, my prayer for you is that it would lead you to change. And if you are a husband and you missed last week, I encourage you to go back and listen to it and let the Lord do a little bit of heart surgery in your life. God has called us to love our wives. This week, we are turning our attention to the wives. Now, I don't know if I said this last week, but I just want to make sure that we understand how to approach the subjects of the roles of the husband and the roles of the wife. Listen, husbands, your goal today is not to be jabbing your wife every time something is said that she needs to hear. Like our focus as a husband or a focus as a wife needs to be on the role that God has called us to far more than the role of our spouse. See, human nature would lead us to want to point to the other person and what they need to do and neglect what God wants to do in our own lives. And so we need to make sure that we are focusing primarily on our role. The scripture says to remove the log out of your own eye before you try to remove the speck out of somebody else's eye. And listen, I, I believe this with all my heart. Marriages thrive when each spouse focuses primarily on the role that God has called them to. When we spend more attention looking to grow ourselves to become more like Christ, rather than pointing out the faults of our spouse, I believe God will be greatly glorified in the marriages in the church. And so this morning, let's jump into the text this morning and and let's talk about the biblical role of the wife. Follow with me as I read Ephesians 5. Starting in verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He, He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for the fact that you have laid out for us clearly the role of the husband and the wife. But God, we come to you and we confess that our flesh is weak often. And Lord, it is so much easier for us to focus on our spouse than it is to focus on our own hearts. And so Lord, I pray, especially for the wives this morning, that that you would lead, guide, and direct them, Lord, that you would bring to their hearts, their minds, Lord, anything in their lives that they need to grow in as far as the role of being a wife is concerned, God. Lord, I pray that you would bring conviction. I pray that you would bring change. I pray that you would be encouragement. Lord, I pray for the husbands that you would guard their hearts from, from wanting to look negatively and with anger in their hearts at their wives, thinking that they haven't done what God has called them to do. God, we need your help this morning. And Lord, for those who are single, who are desiring to be married, Lord, guard their hearts as well. God, we have 
you have something for all of us in this word because really the, the relationship of the wife to the husband is much like the relationship of the church to Christ. And so regardless, we all have something to, to gain from looking at your word. And so, Lord, would you open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of your word. God, thank you for the power and the beauty of this text. And may you be glorified through it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, as we, as we jump into this text, I, I first of all want to point out something here. Husbands, who, who does Paul mainly address in this text? It's the husbands. But what we see is two-thirds of this passage is directed to the husbands, while one-third is directed to the wives. And I will say the same thing to the men as I did to the women last week. Husband, this is not an opportunity for you to nudge your wife when I say something or God's word says something that she needs to hear. Rather, be praying for her. Be praying that God would move in her. Listen, the Holy Spirit does a much better job than you do. And so let's pray for that to happen. So wives, are you ready? Here's the first call for the role of a biblical wife. The wife is called to submit to her own husband. The wife is called to submit to her own husband. Look at verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husband as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Now, now the word submission in today's world is, is not something that brings many fuzzy, warm feelings, does it? Something rather that the culture has neither celebrated nor appreciated and therefore often is not even practiced in society and sometimes even in the church. And, and there seems to be two extremes to the call for wives to submit to their husbands. The one extreme would be that to submit means that the woman has no say in anything. She's to remain silent, and for all intents and purposes, she's just a glorified slave. Whatever the husband wants or decide, the wife is just there to follow along and be the helper and do whatever the husband needs. The man makes all the decisions apart from any input from the wife. She is just along for the ride. And honestly, if you look into the culture, there are men who treat their wives this way. There are, in the name of God, men who treat their wives this way. But let me just say, that is not biblical submission. But then, of course, there's the, the other extreme, where, where people look at that term of submission and say, this is archaic. This is something that we need to be done away with. This is something that, this, like, we've progressed as a society, and it's time to put this word to rest. Like, we are equal. We're the same. And, and, and that is, is what often you see in culture. And this is an extreme. And this actually takes away the beauty of what God has called wives to do. The reflection of the church to Christ that God has called wives to reflect, it takes away from that. There is beauty in two becoming one. So, so what does it mean to submit? The, the Greek word means to place or arrange under. It means to assign, to be subject to. It is coming under someone. Now, the interesting layout of verse 22 is if you look in the Greek, the Greek text of this verse, there's actually no verb here uh, because it's, tie, there's, 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 it's tying into verse 21 where it says that we are all to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submission was nothing new in the, in the time Ephesians was written. Sub submission was God's plan from the beginning. It, submission is something that we see even in the Godhead. Now, let me ask you, was Jesus less than the Father? Absolutely not. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is God. 
And so, so even, even though he is God, if we look at Ephesians, he said he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped. Yet he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. He submitted to the will of his Father. Jesus gave us the picture of what submission looks like. So this is a God-given thing. This is not something that we should be afraid of, not something that we should shy away from. Rather, we should look at the example of Christ and understand that submission is a biblical practice. And wives, let me say this, you are not less than men because you are called to submit. However, we must understand that there is an order that God has ordained when it comes to marriage. I, I found this to be absolutely true. There, there needs to be a leader. H have you ever heard this phrase, like, too many chiefs, not enough Indians? Like, you... <laughs> You get everybody in charge, and, and, and the reality then is nobody's in charge. So, so God has ordained leadership, not from a place of deserving it, not from a place of being better than those who, who are under their care, but somebody's got to be up front. Somebody has to be leading. God has established, established husbands to lead and for wives to submit. So ultimately what it means is that the man makes the final decision. Or here's another way of saying it. It is the final decision that falls on man. Like whatever decision is made in a family concerning something, that will fall on the husband ultimately. But I do want to remind you again, verse 21 calls for all of us to submit to one another. The husband is called to give up his life for the sake of his wife. So both the husband and the wife are, are called to lay down their lives in marriage. Like there, there's no distinct thing here where the man gets to do everything that he wants to and the woman doesn't. No, there's different ways of submitting. We are called to give our lives for our wives and the wives are called to submit to the husband. We're all called to lay down our rights when it comes to marriage. I love what Francis Folk said about this. It is significant that throughout this section, husbands and wives are reminded of their duties and not their rights. It is important also to read all that is said in this section, realizing both that it follows what has been said in verse 21 about mutual submission and that it presupposes what is stated in Galatians 3.28 of the equality in Christ of male and female. Submission is not a matter of worth, but a matter of order that God has established. Men and women are created equal, but yet they are distinct. So husbands, you, you must understand that submission doesn't mean your wife obeys everything that you say. If sin is involved in submitting, then wives, you should refrain from submitting to your husband. Submission is not an opportunity for the husband to dominate. We talked about that last week. And, and I want to I just point out this understanding again just to make sure that we are clear, ladies, that submission doesn't mean that you have to be dominated in any sense of the word. So turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. We're going to come back, obviously, to Ephesians, but turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Seven. This is worthy of a further study. Uh, for now, we're going to look at verse 3. 1 Corinthians 7, starting at verse 3. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights, and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise... The husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time, that you may devote yourself to prayer. But then come together again, so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Now, the, the problem of doing a series with marriage is that uh, we're just taking a brief look and, and staying mainly in Ephesians 5. And so we're not going to get into sex, but, but here is what... 1 Corinthians 7 is saying, 
Husbands, your body does not belong to you. Likewise, wives, your body does not belong to you. Rather, you belong to one another. And so if God's going to give that command, then he's also, he also wants us to understand that marriage is not man dominating woman. You are equal, and you should be intimate together often, because if you don't, you're going to fall into temptation. And so he wants us to understand, Paul does in writing 1 Corinthians, that we belong to one another. In a sense, we are to submit to one another physically. Submission doesn't mean women are less than men. So let's go back to Ephesians, and let's just dive into this and, and answer the question, like, starting with, like, who are you called to submit to? Who are you called to submit to? So listen, look at verse 22 again. Wives, who are you called to submit to? Your own husbands. Not everybody else's husband. <laughs> Praise God, right? One husband's enough. <laughs> submit to your own husband. This is not a call to submit to every man. You are not under the headship of any other man but your husband. Here is the key phrase, though, when it comes to understanding biblical submission. How should wives submit? So we submit to our own husband. You submit to your own husband. How are you to submit? What's the end of verse 22 say? As to the Lord. As to the Lord. Now we must be careful of how we define what that phrase means. This, this does not mean that you are to treat your husband as if he were Lord, right? It's not, hey, treat him as God. No, 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 don't do that. He's a terrible God. Rather, he's saying, hey, listen, understand, wife, there may be times where you don't want to submit. In fact, you look at Genesis, and remember after the curse, one of the curses was the woman would, 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 would desire the husband. Really what that means is he, the woman would want the power. The woman would want to be in control. That's what that passage in Genesis means. And, and, and Paul's saying, hey, fight the urge of wanting to be in control. Because listen, you've married a bonehead. Guys, I hate to admit it. You, you've married a sinner. You've married someone who will fall way short of the glory of God. But listen, that doesn't neglect the call that I have put on your life to submit to him. So I want you to do it as if you are serving me, because that's what you're doing. You are glorifying and honoring me when you submit lovingly to your husband. Wives, you aren't called to submit your husband because they are loving you well, although they should. You are called to submit because it honors the Lord. Listen, marriage is a holy covenant. It's not a contract. When, when you sign a contract with somebody, there is mutual benefit from a contract. Meaning, for instance, take a phone contract. You give money to somebody, what do you get in return? You get phone service. Listen, I have, I have broken many phone contracts. I've been with AT&T. I've been with Verizon. I've been with T-Mobile. And now I'm with Xfinity. So I've broken many contracts. That, that's not the way marriage is. Marriage is not a covenant that it's mutually beneficial all the time. Listen, let's destroy the myth, uh, contrary to all popular opinion, marriage is not 50-50. You don't get 50% and then they give 50%. No, we, it's 100-100. You are called to give 100%. And, and if your spouse is giving 50, that doesn't change the percentage of what you can get, what you give to the marriage. Listen, there are times where I'm giving 25%, <laughs> sadly, and the Lord has to convict me. And thankfully, I'm married to a wife who loves me, and, and she gives 100%. And there are times where that flip-flops. Marriage is 100, 100%. Each two people coming together, fully submitting to God and giving themselves to another for the glory of God of God alone. Wives, submit to your husband for the glory of the Lord. 
And listen, ladies, a problem with submission is a problem with your understanding God's call for you. It's a problem spiritually. Just like a man's prayer is hindered by not caring lovingly for his wife, your prayers, I believe, will be hindered when you aren't lovingly, biblically submitting to your husband. Listen, I'm not here to say this is an easy task. I'm a man, I'm a broken man, I'm a married man, and I understand that I lead sinfully sometimes. And men, we need to be mindful and understanding of that. And, and really, ladies, I understand it takes great humility to put yourself under a broken man. But yet, this is what God has called you to. So let me ask you, how are you doing when it comes to submitting to your husband? Do you look at this as your God-given role to come under your husband as the head? Are you aware that the way you treat him is a picture to the world of how the church is called to submit to Christ? What a beautiful picture when marriages work this way. The wife is called to submit to her own husband. Look at verse 33. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So not only are you called to submit to your husband, but the wife is called to respect her husband. Did I have? Yeah, I went backwards. That's my fault. The wife is called to respect her husband. The Greek word for respect here, actually, it means fear. It means to be afraid. It means to be alarmed. But, but this is not like a fear of, like, I might get destroyed here. It's not about being scared from your life. Rather, it's a, it's a call to be in awe. It's a call of deep respect. It's sort, it's sort of like fearing the Lord. When we fear the Lord, fearing the Lord is, is not about being afraid and, and, and wincing every time something bad is, that you think something bad's about to happen. That's not what it means here. It just means to respect the role that God has given your husband. It's a respect to his calling. Now, now there are debates on who has the tougher role. Does the man, because he has to answer to God ultimately, and he's fully responsible for his family? Or does the woman have the harder job because she has to submit to a sinful man? I mean, here's the reality for each of us to fully understand. We are all broken sinners. It is hard to lead sinful wives. It is hard to come under sinful Husbands, And so we're not going to answer that question because I think it's a foolish question. We all just need to focus on what God has called us to. We are all broken people. When it comes to respecting your husband, wives, you are called to consider the weight a man has on his shoulders when it comes to leading a family and being responsible for a family. You know, I don't know about you guys, but last week was heavy. And I, I could actually feel a little bit of heaviness in the room. And, and rightfully so. Ladies, it, it is a major calling to know that, that ultimately the man is responsible not only for his wife, but if God brings children into the family, for his children. The, the buck, in a sense, stops with the man. And it, 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 let's just acknowledge the fact, too, like, when you live and you, have, and you taste the freedom of living alone and then you come into relationship with a woman and make her your wife, like you've been living your life sort of selfishly. Can we just acknowledge that? Like there's this, and it's not, it's not like, I don't mean that is necessarily bad. Your focus has just been on yourself because you haven't had to worry about anybody else. Like, and, and said all of a sudden then, two become one and now you are called to die to yourself. Like that, that is a hard transition to take place. And, and what Paul, I think, is saying here is that respect that. 
respect your husband. And when you have children, respect the fact that not only does he have a job and he's got he's to provide for the family, but now he's got to take care of you. And he's also responsible for the kids. And there's weight that comes with that that can be overwhelming at times. Wives, respect the calling that your husband has. Every decision made by the family, made for the family, ultimately falls on him. And sometimes we make decisions and it ends up being the wrong decision. Listen, remember, he's probably feeling the weight too. And he doesn't always need to be reminded of every mistake that he makes. Love, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, believes all things. Love hopes all things. That means, like, you think the best. Love means you think the best of your husband. That he was, maybe he was trying to make the right decision, but it ended up being the wrong decision. There are some times, then, when the man makes the wrong decision, but it's because of your influence. And so there needs to be respect in that, too. And sometimes God allows us to make bad decisions in order to actually serve us. We need to understand the weight of that. Do you grasp the weight of that? Sometimes he makes the decisions, it's the wrong one, and there's a weight. Sometimes you make the right decision, and it still comes with a weight. I remember 13 years ago, uh, Nikki and I, we ultimately made the decision, we're going to talk about this later, uh, made the decision to move from a place of comfort where all of our family was to, to move to a different state where we couldn't just make quick visits with family anymore. That was a tough decision. It was, it was one that brought suffering to our family. It, it was one where I ended up having a job where I was out of the house a lot. And she was left alone with not a real, not a lot of relationships because we were new to this area. That was a sacrifice for her. That was a hard, painful decision. It was weighty on her, but then it was all the more weighty on me because there was nothing I could do. This is what God had called us to, and there was nothing I could do to change the situation apart from caring for her. That's a, that's a weight, wives, that fall on the husbands when we're trying to do the best that we can to, do, to make decisions to the glory of the Lord and and sometimes it just means it's hard. Women, wives, do you respect your husband when it comes to their leadership of your home? There are going to be times where the husband makes a decision and doubt creeps in when the family is struggling. When that happens, do you, have you, will you show respect? For your husband who's trying to seek out the ways of the Lord. Respect your husband. And listen, these terms are not terms that you are going to hear from the world. The world wants to tell you to do what is best for you. If he doesn't give you what you need, quote unquote, find someone who will. You deserve to be treated like a queen. It's not biblical. Certainly, men, if, if you want to treat your wives like a queen, that, 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 that is good for you to do. I'm not saying don't do that. But women, don't expect that. Your ultimate job is to live for the glory of God alone. Scripture has a lot to say of those who are disrespectful in unsubmitting to their husbands. Proverbs 21.9 says, It is better to live in a corner of the housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. Think of that. Like, hey, I'd rather be out in the elements. Put me in the corner on the housetop with the rain, with the wind, with the cold weather. I'd rather do that than be living with that quarrelsome wife. Proverbs 21.19 gets a little bit deeper. It is better to live in the desert land than with a quarrelsome and fretful woman. Give me the cacti. Give me what animals live out there. It doesn't, you don't even need animals out there. The sand, the beating sun, beating on you all day long. Not much to, to find comfort under. Like, I'd rather live there than live with this quarrelsome woman. Proverbs 27, 15, and 16 says this. The continual dripping 
on a rainy day and a quarrelsome wife are alike. <laughs> to restrain her is to restrain the wind. Can you restrain the wind? No. Or to grasp oil in one's right hand. Can you, ha- can you have, hold oil long in your hand? Listen, we, our, our faucet, it, it, I, like this is a bad husband moment of not loving my wife. We've had this new, uh, new uh, faucet sitting in the closet. Uh, for about a year now, <laughs> not yet replaced. And you have to hold, you have to put the handle in the right position in order for it not to drip. And there'll be times where I'm trying to have a conversation and I hear, oh, that's so annoying. Like that, that's what the scripture is saying. That's, that's what a quarrelsome wife is. This is what it's like for husbands to live with quarrelsome, disrespectful, unsubmitting wives. Wives, do you respect your husband? Do you honor the role that God has given you? Are you submitting to him as to the Lord? Ladies, this is, this is, this is an impossible assignment apart from God's grace. And my prayer for you is that you can carry out your role with joy as Christ carried out his submissive role to the Father. So as we, as we wrap up this morning, uh, I, I thought it would be super beneficial for the ladies not just to hear from a man, uh, but to hear from a woman. And so I'm going to invite my wife up, and uh, I would love to just have a conversation with her. Can we welcome Nikki up here? We got it. We got it. She is going to be able to, I think, speak to you in a way that is different than me. And uh, we got kind of got a, a big, some big news coming this week, right? On Wednesday, uh, May 3rd, it's our 20th anniversary. 20 years of submitting to me. How's that going? <laughs> Pretty well, I think. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> uh, great. Hey, we're still happily married, right? We're still smiling up here. Uh, so first question I'd love to ask is, what does submission, uh, what does that look like in our home for you? Um, yeah, first of all, I would just want to lead with, just as you have shared that you've not always perfectly led, I by no means have perfectly submitted. Um, but I do think by God's grace, we've been able to build just a culture in our home where you are recognized as the leader. And so some of what that looks like is even like with our children, um, you know, just I'm always backing up whatever you say to them. So if you give them some sort of directive, I'm going to back that up with, well, like you have to listen to what dad says or even asking them if, if they come to me with something, it's followed up with, well, what did dad say about it? Like just to kind of, I don't know, like elevate you to that position of leadership. Um, But even that I think can be a little bit reactive at times. Um, So one thing that I feel like the Lord has helped me to do is try to like proactively build a culture where you are respected and Um, Just a few, like, little ways that has looked like. I remember, like, when our kids were really small and we were at Gospel City, we always pray on the way to church. Like, Ben was always at church before us because he was in ministry. So they wouldn't even see him in the morning. He would get up, be at church. I would get the kids ready. We pray on the way to church. And then we would turn down Hickory and just start chanting, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And they would just get, like, so excited to go see Daddy and go see him at church and just, like, little things like that. Um, They know that I love to be around you and that I count the minutes till you're home still. And um, I think all of that just kind of helps to proactively build this culture that, honestly, as they've gotten older, has also become accountability for me because um, when I have failed, if I have, you know, like spoken disrespectfully or just kind of in anger or something, 
I mean, one, the Holy Spirit convicts me, but two, our kids know, like, whoa, <laughs> like, that's not normal. And, I mean, they're to the point where they would, like, mom. <laughs> and then I have to repent and, like, I'm sorry, you're right. Like, I should not have said that. Please forgive me. So being, like, proactively building that picture. Yeah, I mean, I think just even what you said, like, there are times where you have set some standards and you know how kids are. They're smart. If if one says no, they still have they still have a possibility of another yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, I mean, likewise, like you say, no, we got to go with daddy says. The same thing is for you. And I think it also is huge, too, that you, your kids understand, not just by what you say, but how you act, that uh, one way that you respect me, one way I love you, is by genuinely loving each other in front of our kids. I mean, one of the things that I say is, like, guess what? I love, I love mom more than you. That's what I say to my kids. Uh, and and I, th- I think that's pretty biblical. I mean, my kids are going to be out the door, and they're going to love somebody more than me. And so I'm going to love my wife more than them. And uh, th- there is nothing, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm playing a little bit there. But I am serious about the fact that she has to be my number one above every other human relationship. Uh, what are some ways that I have been a help to you in fulfilling that calling? I mean, just absolutely the way that you have loved me, cared for me. I, it is not a sense that you are, like, wielding some power over me. Like, that's just not the culture that we have in our home. I know that you love me and are for me and um, seek to love me as Christ loved the church. So that just creates this environment of, like, of course I want to submit and respect that. Like, how, like, why would I not? Um, so that's just been, like, hugely helpful. <laughs> well, I, I think a big part of that is understanding that you are gifted in ways that I'm not. Like, mm-hmm. you're way more book smart than me. <laughs> so I would be a fool. Like, I think one thing that probably feeds into that is I would be a fool not to get input from you on decisions to make. I think mm-hmm. I said that last week, that submission doesn't mean the woman has no say. The sub- submission means ultimately, if a decision needs to be made, it's going to fall on the husband. But husbands, you're fools. The, the scripture would say you're a fool, like, if you don't seek counsel. And you have a great counsel with you. And so I, I think that has served well just for me to understand oh, I'm not the mm-hmm. sharpest tool in the shed. Like, I, like I need help. I need mm-hmm. I need, so that, I think, think too, like, with that, um, because there are times that if if you don't, like, really have a strong opinion about a given situation, you are fine to just defer to me. Um, But then that helps, too, when you do feel very strongly about something that sort of gives me notice to, like, oh, okay, this is time that I need to submit because you're not constantly like coming down in those ways, if that makes sense. Well, that's the easy stuff. Let's get to a little bit harder. (laughs) Uh, Can you describe a time that was difficult for you to submit? Yeah, so I think kind of what we already discussed was sort of like our day-to-day, like culture in the home. And I mean, I can just, by God's grace, that I don't feel like that's been a very difficult thing for me. But um, what has been challenging is just kind of, the big picture um, life changes. You mentioned us moving, and we have moved a lot in our marriage. I um, think what twelve? I don't. Twelve different I places like in twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've moved a lot, and I mean, the vast majority of those times have been directly a result of seeking the Lord in some way, like believing that the Lord was leading us in some way, and. Um, Two of those particularly were just, like, very challenging for me. Um, And I think, you know, you talked about in the sermon today that my submission to you is born out of my submission to Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what it really comes down to. And when we've come to those, like, big, altering life decision moments, um, like, you've given me time to process through it, to pray through it. We talk about it together. We've gotten counsel from others. Um, but ultimately, for me, it's come down to realizing um, if, if the Lord is showing us that this is his will, like, I, yes, I'm submitting to you, but I'm ultimately submitting to Christ and what he has for us. 
Last question. Is there anything that I could have done differently to help you in those, those hard moments of... I think um, in those hard moments, um, I know that it would have been a help to you if I could have just agreed, we made the decision, yeah. and move on. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I mean, I do feel bad sometimes because I know like you've been able to just, okay, this is what the Lord has called us to, close the chapter, moving on, like moving forward. And that's been easier for you than it has for me. Like, for me, we make the decision, the dust settles, but, like, the emotions follow me <laughs> into that new season. Yeah. And so I don't mean to say that you haven't been caring for me at all in that. You have. But um, there's times that maybe to have, like, a more long-suffering mentality of just, like, realizing that the care needs to extend because she is still struggling. Like, yeah. it's not as easy for her. I want to follow the Lord, and I want to follow you as you're seeking the Lord, but it just, like, the emotions have been hard to untangle at yeah. times. And I think that that's a, a lot just to understand that we're different, men and women. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it doesn't mean that, like, you're ex like, the women are exactly like her and the men are exactly like me. Like, there's sometimes where I can be pretty emotional, and you might say that's more like a woman. Well, God has created us differently and uniquely. Uh, and, and one of the things um, that, that I, I've, you know, one of the, this is encouragement to the men. In these hard decisions, like, I, I have the conviction that I'm not ever going to drag my wife somewhere. What I mean by that is if, she, if it's a no for her, then it's a wait for me. So uh, let, me, let me give you an example. So. I mean, even planting this church was one, but we moved from South Bend, I was a youth pastor at a church, to Illinois, which uh, was a, obviously that's a massive, both of those things, decisions are massive decisions. Well, I had the conviction uh, and the excitement of a new adventure that God was calling us to move to Illinois. And I'd have conversations with her and she's like, no. And, uh, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm, I, I, think, I think this, in my opinion, um, and I think it's biblical, it would have been a horrible move as a husband to say, no, sorry, we're going. Um, the reason why is because I just believe too much in the power of the Holy Spirit to move in her uh, to lead to that. So what that led to me, there was one particular night where I was, I was fully convinced this is what God had for her. And I was not going to drag her because that just creates so much chaos if she doesn't have the conviction that this is what we're called to do as well. And so I remember one night in particular, I prayed all night, like, Lord, move in her heart. Lord, put it in her heart. Lord, I can't do this unless you put it in her heart because I do not want to drag her. We had a young baby. Uh, the, like, Reese was three. Isaac was literally a month old and just a few months old. And I'm, like, praying, Lord, move in her heart, move in her heart. And I didn't tell her about this. And then I think, was it later? Was it, like, literally the next day? She calls me and says, I think I could be okay with moving to Illinois. And so that just really stuck with me, like, the Holy Spirit is active, men. And if you're making a big decision and you believe fully that this is what God's going to have, I just believe fully as well that he's going to move in her heart as well. The same thing came to planting a church. Um, we, the last thing, I think I, I've said this. If you know me and you've been along long enough, you've heard me say this. I had no desire to plant a church. I had no desire to be a senior pastor. In fact, Nikki and I joked we had negative desire to plant a church. Like I can't think of anything worse in my life than to plant a church. Here we are. Um, but the Lord moves in mysterious ways, right? Never say never. Uh, like, I'm never going to go to Hawaii, right? It's just never going to happen. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so I remember going, like, the Lord was stirring in me and, uh, about planting a church. And I remember uh, just praying through that. And I knew, like, what, I knew the conversations we had. And I knew that she didn't want to do that. And so I remember it came to the time where, uh, Gospel City was talking with the guy, the plant, and that fell through. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. I, I think this God wants me to throw my name in the hat. And I remember talking to her thinking, this is going to get stopped right here. And uh, so I talked to her about it. What do you think about planting a church? And she's like, well, let me just pull out my, my prayer journal. And a few weeks earlier, she was praying, God, would you have Ben plant a church? Like, could Ben be the guy that plants this church? So I say all that. Not, not that I'm perfect in that because she's right. Like, my mentality in those is God was calling 
me first with excitement to pursue this new opportunity. Like I was, ex- don't, don't hear me say I wasn't excited to plant the church. Uh, I, before the calling, I was not. <laughs> uh, so I was excited for the new one. I'm not very uh, nostalgic, sentimental, mainly because if I do think back, I'll get depressed and cry. And so <laughs> I just try to look forward. And what I needed to learn to do, and what I still need to learn to do, is that when, when we make big decisions like that, that trans, transplant our family somewhere different, she's carrying the weight of everything. She's thinking about her kids, our, our kids, sorry. Um, her kids when they're bad, our kids when they're good. Um, no. <laughs> they're acting more like me when they're bad, actually, the truth is. This is getting sideways real quick here. Um, like, I, I have had to grow in understanding that she's not always in the excitement where I am looking to, the, to what God has for us, that she's thinking about things that, sh- that she's left, and that's not bad. That's, that's actually a good thing. Like, it, the fact that we have those kind of emotions of sadness is, is kind of a, is a gift from God because that means they were good memories. And so uh, hu- husbands, just uh, as you make big decisions like that, consider that you may be excited, but she may not be. And so trust the Holy Spirit to move in her heart too, but then follow up with her and, and care for her as you go through that process. So here's how I'd like to close, like just how we've closed the last few nights. Um, husbands, I want you to pray over your wives. I want you to thank God for her. I want you to ask the Lord to move in her heart. Don't let it be a prayer of condemnation, but more thankfulness and asking God to move. If, if you're not married, if you're a wife, you could be praying for the God to prepare you for this. And for, for men, if you want to get married and you're not, be praying for your future wife that she's got to submit to you. And you're, you're a bad dude sometimes. So uh, there's, there's reasons for all of us to be praying. And I, I encourage you, like, it's okay to have a little bit of value. I'm not asking you to scream at the top of your lungs, but whisper at a quiet whisper. Make sure she can hear. And uh, so let's just spend a couple minutes praying. And then I'm going to have Nikki pray for the wives. And then I'll close in prayer. After that, yeah, well, actually, I'll lead us through action steps after that. So let's, let's spend some time praying now. Father, I just um, want to lift up all of the wives in the room, God. I pray um, that you would just help us, Lord, to take your word to heart. God, I pray that you would grow us in our submission and our respect towards our husbands. Um, Father, forgive us for the times that we fall short, and Lord, help us um, to view our husbands um, with just grace in mind, and to see um, the forgiveness that you have extended to us when we fall short, that Lord, you call us to extend that same forgiveness to them. Um, God, I pray for the women in the room who are not married, um, whether they're young or older, God, whatever their situation is, um, Lord, you intimately know each and every situation that is represented in this room. And God, ultimately, we know that as women, we are called to submit to you first and foremost. And so, God, I pray that Um, the women of Gospel Community Church would be just women who are in full submission to you, um, whatever that looks like for each individual life. Father, thank you for the marriages that are represented in this room, Lord. I thank you for my wife and the gift that she is to me. And I I, I pray that you would just move through the marriages in this church, Lord, that, that husbands would love their wives as Christ loved the church, and that the ladies, the women, would be able to respect and submit to their husbands out of reverence for Christ. Lord, we, we need you because we are all sinners, and it's hard to submit to sinners, and it's hard to lead sinners. <laughs> and, and it's hard to do those while we're sinners, Lord. So, God, we just ask for your help. I pray for great humility. Lord, I pray for more focus on our role that you've given us than on the role of our spouse, Lord, that we would focus more on the log in our own eyes before we think of the speck in our brother or sister's eye. And so, Lord, would you be glorified? Um, would you be lifted high? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, one, one more thing I just want to say in light of that conversation is, is you know, it, it is our nature to want to point our finger at others. And the reality is, like, the more that we 
look to, like, for, the more husbands love their wives, the more likely the wives then will respect their husbands. And the more the, the wife respects the husband, the more the husband is going to love their wife. You see the circle? And, and the same thing can happen in reverse, too. Like, the, the less the husband loves the wife, the less the wife is likely to respect their husband. And then it just gets worse and worse and worse until somebody decides, I don't exist for my wife or my husband. I exist for the Lord primarily. And so I'm going to love her no matter what she does for me because this is what I'm called to. Or I'm going to submit to my, to my husband out of reverence for Christ because that's what I'm called to do. And, and the scripture says that, uh, you know, if you're married to an unbeliever, that wife, your, your submission to your husband and your care and your love for him might lead him to Christ and vice versa. And so that's why we need to focus more on the role that we've given because we're just going to fall short. And this is why marriage is 100 100. Because 50-50 means, well, you're not giving your end of the bargain. Nobody's, nobody should be keeping score here. Uh, we are desperate for Christ. Let me give you some action steps. Do you mind just, thank you. Uh, and memorize Ephesians 5.22. That's wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Uh, continue reading through Ephesians 5.22 through 33. Just, just dwell on that. I think everybody can take something away. Question to ponder. Wife, how can you respect your husband? And then the last thing I think is equal for all of us. Submit to Christ. Submit to Christ. That's what we're all called to do. So whether you're married or not, wives, submit to your husbands. As for the Lord, we're all called to submit to one another reverence for Christ. Uh, this past week, uh, the Lord was kind of stirring in me, and we're going we're gonna to shift a little bit away from Ephesians just for one week because I feel burdened to talk about the gift of singleness. Uh, it's a gift that people often don't want, uh, but yet Scripture is very clear on the, the, uh, the opportunities that singles have. And I just feel like it would be a lost opportunity if we don't take time to hit on that. So we're going we're gonna to talk about that next week. And uh, so have a great week, guys. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect, submit to your husbands, all to the glory of God. You are the light of the world. The city on a hill cannot be hidden. So let your light shine so that others may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Have a great week.